testimony slash spiritual witness concerns and questions. Number one, every major religion has members who claim the same thing. God or God's spirit bore witness to them that their religion, prophet, pope, leaders, books, and teachings are true. Number two, just as it would be arrogant of a FLDS, Jehovah's Witness, Catholic, Seventh-day Adventist, or Muslim to deny a Latter-day Saint's spiritual experience and testimony of the truthfulness of Mormonism, it would likewise be arrogant of a Latter-day Saint to deny their spiritual experiences and testimonies of the truthfulness of their own religion. Yet, every religion cannot be right together. LDS member in 2014 I know that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. I know that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the one and only true church. I know the Book of Mormon is true. I know that Thomas S. Monson is the Lord's true prophet today. FLDS member in 2014. I know that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. I know the fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the one and only true church. I know the Book of Mormon is true. I know that Warren Jeffs is the Lord's true prophet today. RLDS member in 1975. I know that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. I know the reorganized Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the one and only true church. I know the Book of Mormon is true. I know that W. Wallace Smith is the Lord's true prophet today. LDCJC member in 2014. I know that Joseph Smith was a true prophet. I know the Latter-day Church of Jesus Christ is the one and only true church. I know the Book of Mormon and the Book of Jeronek are true. I know that Matthew P. Gill is the Lord's true prophet, seer, revelator, and translator today. Same method. Read, ponder, and pray. Different testimonies. All four testimonies cannot simultaneously be true. This is the best God can come up with in revealing his truth to his children. Only 0.2% of the world's population are members of God's true church. This is God's model and standard of efficiency? Praying about the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon does not follow that the LDS church is true. The FLDS also believe in the Book of Mormon. So do 20 plus Mormon splinter groups. They believe in the divinity of the Book of Mormon as well. Praying about the first vision, which account is true. They can't all be correct together as they conflict with one another. Number three, if God's method to revealing truth is through feelings, it's a pretty ineffective method. We have thousands of religions and billions of members of those religions saying that their truth is God's only truth and everyone else is wrong because they felt God or God's spirit reveal the truth to them. Number four, Joseph Smith received a revelation through the peepstone in his hat to send Hiram Page and Oliver Cowdery to Toronto, Canada for the sole purpose of selling the copyright of the Book of Mormon, which is another concern in itself. Why would God command to sell the copyright to his word? The mission failed, and the prophet was asked why his revelation was wrong. Joseph decided to inquire of the Lord regarding the question. The following is a quote from Book of Mormon witness David Whitmer's testimony. And behold, the following revelation came through the stone. Some revelations are of God, and some revelations are of man, and some revelations are of the devil. So we see that the revelation to go to Toronto and sell the copyright was not of God, but was of the devil or of the heart of man. David Whitmer, in Address to All Believers in Christ, page 31. How are we supposed to know what revelations are from God, from the devil, or from the heart of man, if even the prophet Joseph Smith couldn't tell? 
What kind of a God and method is this if Heavenly Father allows Satan to interfere with our direct line of communication to him? Sincerely asking for answers? Number 5. As a believing Mormon, I saw a testimony as more than just spiritual experiences and feelings. I saw that we had evidence and logic on our side, based on the correlated narrative I was fed by the church about its origins. I lost this confidence at 31 years old when I discovered that the gap between what the church teaches about its origins versus what the primary historical documents actually show happened, what history shows what happened, what science shows what happened, couldn't be further apart. I read an experience that explains this in another way. I resigned from the LDS church and informed my bishop that the reasons had to do with discovering the real history of the church. When I was done, he asked about the spiritual witness I had surely received as a testimony. I agreed that I had felt a sure witness, as strong as he currently felt. I gave him the analogy of Santa. I believe in Santa until I was twelve. I refused to listen to reason from my friends who had discovered the truth much earlier. I just knew. However, once I learned the facts, feelings changed. I told him that Mormons have to redefine faith in order to believe. Traditionally, faith is an instrument to bridge the gap between where science, history, and logic end and what you hope to be true. Mormonism redefines faith as embracing what you hope to be true in spite of science, fact, and history. Number 6. Paul H. Dunn Dunn was a general authority of the church for many years. He was a very popular speaker who told incredible faith-promoting war and baseball stories. Many times Dunn shared these stories in the presence of the prophet, apostles, and seventies. Stories like how God protected him as enemy machine gun bullets ripped away his clothing, gear, and helmet without ever touching his skin, and how he was preserved by the Lord. Members of the church shared how they really felt the spirit as they listened to Dunn's testimony and stories. Unfortunately, Dunn was later caught lying about all his war and baseball stories and was forced to apologize to the members. He became the first general authority to gain emeritus status and was removed from public church life. What about the members who felt the spirit from Dunn's fabricated and false stories? What does this say about the spirit and what the spirit really is? Number 7. The following are counsel from Elder Boyd K. Packer and Elder Dallin H. Oaks on how to gain a testimony. It is not unusual to have a missionary say, How can I bear testimony until I get one? How can I testify that God lives, that Jesus is the Christ, and that the gospel is true? If I do not have such a testimony, would that not be dishonest? Oh, if I could teach you this one principle, a testimony is to be found in the bearing of it. Boyd K. Packer, The Quest for Spiritual Knowledge Another way to seek a testimony seems astonishing when compared with the methods of obtaining other knowledge. We gain or strengthen a testimony by bearing it. Someone even suggested that some testimonies are better gained on the feet bearing them than on the knees praying for them. Dallin H. Oaks, Testimony In other words, repeat things over and over until you convince yourself that it's true. Just keep telling yourself, I know it's true, I know it's true, I know it's true, until you believe it, and voila! You now have a testimony that the church is true and Joseph Smith was a prophet. How is this honest? How is this ethical? What kind of advice are these apostles giving when they're telling you that if you don't have a testimony, bear one anyway? How is this not lying? There's a difference between saying you know something and you believe something. What about members and investigators who are on the other side listening to your testimony? 
how are they supposed to know whether you actually do have a testimony of Mormonism, or if you're just following Packers and Oaks's advice, and you're lying your way into one? Number 8. There are many members who share their testimonies that the Spirit told them that they were to marry this person, or go to this school, or move to this location, or start up this business, or invest in this investment. They rely on the Spirit in making critical life decisions. When the decision turns out to be not only incorrect but disastrous, the fault lies on the individual, and never on the Spirit. The individual didn't have the discernment, or it was the individual's hormones talking, or it was the individual's greed that was talking, or the individual wasn't worthy at the time. This poses a profound flaw and dilemma. If individuals can be so convinced that they're being led by the Spirit, but yet be so wrong about what the Spirit tells them, how can they be sure of the reliability of this same exact process in telling them that Mormonism is true? Number 9. I felt the Spirit watching Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List, both R-rated and horribly violent movies. I also felt the Spirit watching Forrest Gump and The Lion King. After I lost my testimony, I attended a conference where former Mormons shared their stories. The same Spirit I felt telling me that Mormonism is true and that Joseph Smith was a true prophet is the same Spirit I felt in all of the above experiences. Does this mean that Lion King is true? That Mufasa is real and true? Does this mean that Forrest Gump is real and the story happened in real life? Why did I feel the spirit as I listened to the stories of apostates sharing how they discovered for themselves that Mormonism is not true? Why is this spirit so unreliable and inconsistent? How can I trust such an inconsistent and contradictory source for knowing that Mormonism is worth betting my life, time, money, heart, mind, and obedience to? This thought-provoking video raises some profound questions and challenges to the Latter-day Saint concept of testimony and receiving a witness from the Holy Ghost or Spirit as being a unique, reliable, and trustworthy source to discerning truth and reality. Please visit cesletter.com to view Follow the Spirit, a video presentation.